the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last Sunday I spoke about why we give, not because God or the church needs your money. Even the poor don't need your money. God will provide for them. We give because it transforms us, because we become like God. Today's gospel makes this point very clear. Jesus tells the rich young ruler to sell what he has and give to the poor. But this isn't for the purpose of benefiting the poor, though they will benefit. The purpose is so that the rich young ruler can inherit eternal life, so that he can be transformed into the image and likeness of God. This is the purpose of all of God's commandments, to give our whole selves over to God, or to put it another way, to transform our heart from a heart of hardness to a soft heart, to remove our spiritual blindness so that we have sight. This is the purpose of God's commandments. And this is the rich young ruler's problem, is hardness of heart or spiritual blindness. He thought he could attain eternal life by following certain rules. On the one hand, we could say that he was deluded to think that he had actually kept all the commandments of God. This same passage, which appears in three of the Gospels, in the Gospel of Matthew, it makes this point even clearer because adding to the list of the commandments, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Clearly, this is not what the rich young ruler was doing. He couldn't possibly be loving his neighbor as himself if he had any more wealth than his neighbor. So clearly he wasn't following the commandments. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter if he had kept all the commandments because he missed the point. The point is giving our whole selves over to God. It's clear he hadn't given himself fully over to God because when Jesus gave him a new commandment, sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, and come and follow me, he went away sad. His sadness was because he didn't trust God to provide for his material well-being. He trusted in himself. And in another one of these passages in the Gospel of Mark, our Lord adds these words, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It sounds silly to trust in riches, but we must look inside of ourselves for this as well. When Jesus offered the new commandment to the rich young ruler, he did this because despite following all of the commandments of God in the scriptures, the rich young ruler still had not fully given himself over to God. Furthermore, he already thought that he was righteous. This is why he came to our Lord. I don't know if you thought about this. But he came to our Lord not because he had a genuine question. He wanted the Lord to give him accolades. So our Lord said all of the commandments, and then the rich young ruler said the part that he wanted to say, which is, I've done these all from my youth, a.k.a. I'm already righteous. I have it all figured out. But our Lord says in another place in the Gospels, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, which is always a, a, a confusing passage if you think about it. He doesn't want any righteous people. That's what he's saying. He doesn't want righteous people. Now, of course, what that means is those who consider themselves to be righteous. 
He wants those who consider themselves to be sinners. Because God, who is the righteous one, he is the one who will bestow righteousness upon people. The rich young ruler was righteous because he kept the commandments. But what does Jesus mean when he says, I have not come to call the righteous? He means this man is not ready for salvation. You see, righteousness is something that we as Christians are aiming towards, not something that we think we've already achieved. Again, I'll say that. As Christians, righteousness is something that we're aiming towards, not something that we think we've already achieved. By viewing righteousness as the goal, we're implicitly recognizing our own weakness, our sin. If I say there's righteousness and I'm here, what's implied in that? I see my sinfulness, I see my shortcomings. But if on the other hand, I think I'm already righteous, I've already arrived, then I don't see my sin anymore. The paradoxes that God teaches us about righteousness, following the commandments, so that we can better see our own unrighteousness. Or to put it another way, he tells us what healthy looks like so that we can know that we are sick. The rich young ruler's unwillingness to see his sinful condition, to admit to it, and to seek healing for it, pushes God away. He is unwilling to be healed, like Adam in the garden. We recall Adam in the garden, and Eve, they went and hid themselves. And when God brought them out, what did they say? They pointed blame at other people. Rather than saying, forgive me, God, I shouldn't have done this. Rather than recognizing their own weakness, they tried to cover themselves with lies. God is the physician of our souls and bodies, but if we go to the physician and say, I'm fine, everything's okay here, then we reject the healer. If instead we go to the physician of our souls and bodies and we reveal our wounds, he who is faithful will heal us. The church gives us a word for this process of healing. That word is repentance. Repentance is the process of softening our hard heart, of moving from spiritual blindness into sight, of giving our whole selves over to God. Repentance is, as the word in Greek, metania says, a turning of our noose, our heart, towards God. Unfortunately, repentance, like other words, such as faith or love, are words that we know so well that sometimes we don't really think about the full meaning. We often, when we hear the word repentance, we think with dread about confession, about feeling ashamed, about being sickened or despairing of our sinfulness. Repentance becomes this undesirable thing because we have to, it's something that we have to endure, like bitter medicine. So I want to offer a different perspective. Because in fact, repentance is life-giving, not life-sapping. Father Rafael Noica, who is a Romanian monastic, he was a disciple of Elder, or now Saint Sophronia of Essex. He says these beautiful words about repentance. Repentance is a turning from death to life, a longing for eternal things. Thus it is something of such a distinct, such a great beauty, that in their divine inspiration, the fathers called it the science of sciences and the art of arts. And truly it is a science and truly it is an art. 
What is an art? It is creativity. This path of repentance is true creativity because it is the creation of a God by grace. Man, the image and the likeness of God. Repentance is the highest form of art because it is the beautifying of our deathly image into the eternal and undying beauty of God, the incorruptible beauty of God. Repentance and Christian asceticism correctly understood are worthy of being called the art of arts and the science of sciences. Infinitely great is the glory of the word repentance. Don't let it be slavery anymore. Starting today, let it be the time for glorifying this lowliness. Repentance is the true creation of man. You can hear the joy and positivity in Father Raphael's words. So often we think of repentance in negative terms, such as admitting I did something bad. But repentance is creative, it is not negating. It's a dynamic movement towards God from death to life, from deceit to truth, from ugliness to beauty. So you see the gospel today isn't simply about money, it's fundamentally about our willingness to give ourselves to God, to repent and to be recreated. In the fourth prayer of preparation for Holy Communion, it says this, because of your love you wish to dwell in me. You will come in and enlighten my darkened reason. I believe that you will do this, for you did not send away the harlot who came to you with tears, nor cast out the repenting publican, nor reject the thief who acknowledged your kingdom, nor forsake the repentant persecutor for what he was. But you counted as your friends all those who came to you in repentance. It's notable to think about that. The friends of God are those who repent. The opposite is also true. Those who are unwilling to repent are not friends of God. In the prayer of, of confession, it says at the very end, for you are the God of the repentant. We could also think of the opposite. He is not the God of the unrepentant. Salvation is not about being pure and clean. Salvation is about being repentant. Imagine if the rich young ruler, after saying his line, all these things I've observed from my youth, if he continued by saying, however, I've got this problem with money. I get so possessive and I justify the reasons why I don't want to give it to people and I want to keep it for myself. Help me. What if he said that? This is what repentance is. It's coming out from our hiding place behind the bush and saying, here I am with all of my brokenness, all of my wounds, all of my sin. I'll offer one more word from Father Raphael. He says this, Repentance is nothing other than a dynamic search for eternity, the response to God's call that Adam could have made. And this, here I am, when Adam, instead of continuing to hide behind trees because he was sinful, comes to God as he is, this here I am is the same thing that we do in the sacrament of confession. We show ourselves as we are, without fig leaves. And God covers us with clothing that is more true than our fig leaves. Beautiful words indeed. My brothers and sisters, we are all to some extent the rich young ruler. 
while we have aspects of ourselves that are virtuous, that are following the good path, we also persist in other aspects towards sin. This is the part of our heart that we don't want to give up. We want to give God our heart, but only so much of it. Only this part of it. Only these aspects of it. That other part, I want to reserve for myself. The part where I really prefer my selfishness. I prefer to keep the things I have. I prefer to hold my anger. I prefer to not forgive someone. That's the part of the heart that I try to keep for myself. And so our Lord comes to the circumstances of life exactly as he came to the rich young ruler, offering a new commandment. And that new commandment is custom tailored to your own hardness of heart. And so he comes to us and he offers these words to us and we have a choice, like the ruler. Do we fall down before him? Or do we say, this is too much, and walk away from him? When we stand boldly before our Lord and say, here I am, then our Lord clothes us. He gives us everything for eternal life. So may we continue in this joyful act, this truly joyful act of repentance every day of our life. Amen.